Pause Creative with Simone Filer. Pause Creative. Always discover your vision and the rest will follow. You got to be open to taking some risks and not being afraid to fail. The only way to do great work is to love what you do. Pause Creative. Well, the thing is, you've got to believe, haven't you? I'd say I was someone with not much self-belief at all. And yet in this one thing in my life, I believed. Pause Creative. Well, trust yourself. Know who you are. Work very hard. Procrastination is not a good good habit. Fill yourself up and keep your cup full. Cause creative. Your creation with Simon Filer. You've got to persevere. G'day there, Simon Filer from Brisbane Audiobook Productions. Super excited to announce our expansion into the Melbourne market with Melbourne Audiobook Production. Adam Shaw is our brand new audiobook creator for Melbourne Audiobook Production. And today I'm chatting with Adam to find out a little bit more about his life, how he got into audio, and what you can expect working with him personally in our Melbourne studios to make your audiobook dream a reality. Welcome, Adam Shaw. Thanks for having me, Simone. Great to be here. Yeah, great to have you on board, Adam. We'll get straight into it. Music and sound are your true passions, which you've mentioned to me on the odd occasion. Uh, They've been instilled from a very early age. But tell us a little bit about life growing up and how this installation actually came about. Yeah, of course. So I grew up on a two and a half acre property in the western suburbs of Brisbane. And after a few years, dad put in a granny flat, which would become the inaugural billiard slash music room. So dad was a lead guitarist in his spare time, uh, more of a hobby, never really did it for a career, but always played in bands in his young and adult life. And we also had my nan's old baby grand piano in the lounge. So there was plenty of opportunities to dabble with instruments at a young age. Very cool. Sounds like very groovy parents if they've got a granny flat with all that set up yeah, out there. that's it. PA <laughs> systems, pool table, bar, all the things you could need <laughs> for a band room. Awesome. So dad would, he would regularly have practice sessions out in the granny flat. And as a young boy, I would quite often sit in and listen to them play loud covers of bands like ACDC, Led Zeppelin, Eric Clapton, Boston. <laughs> Rockin'. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was a good kind of introduction to, you know, 70s, 80s rock and roll back in the day in the mid 90s as a young child. And I I started learning piano for a couple of years from the age of seven. But, you know, at the time being influenced by dad's rock music, I found the classical piano training a bit boring and gave it up after a few years. I started learning. That's a shame. Yeah, (laughs) but I I did teach me to read sheet music, so I did get some good skills out of it. Yeah, cool, (laughs) Um, cool. But, you know, I really wanted to be like the old man, so I started learning guitar at about 12, and although these days it's a bit neglected, I, I do still play. Awesome. So what sort of stuff did you play? Did you play the Akadaka and Led Zepp and that sort of stuff as well? Yeah, I, I loved it when I was like, you know, grade 7, grade 8. I was like learning Akadaka songs and I had live DVD of one of their concerts and, you know, watching Angus Young roll around on the floor while he was doing his solos was, was a, big, an absolute a, champion. a big influence on my high school music taste, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, tell us a little bit about your school life. What did you want to be when you grew up? Yeah, sure. So I just went to the local primary school from grade one to seven, but as a lot of public primary schools, they didn't have a very good music program. Uh, it was awful sounding plastic white recorders. And, and, <laughs> oh, and, no. And, it, and I remember those. Yeah. 
On top of that, a teacher who had vocal damage and had to wear this terrible little portable PA system around her neck just to be heard. <laughs> what? So That's that, not a good introduction yeah, to music at no, school? Not at all. So, you know, as a young boy, I wanted to be like a policeman or a secret agent watching all these 90s action films like Die Hard, True Lies, Bad Boys, Last Action yeah. Hero, that kind of stuff. So it obviously had an influence. <laughs> um, awesome. But, yeah, it wasn't until my high school days at Ipswich Grammar that I found my affinity for music because, you know, I studied music, music extension, played in guitar ensemble, stage band, and even for the choir once. Wow, that's very cool. I wasn't always that adept at music, unfortunately. I was a bit tone deaf and never got chosen for the musical, so I was like, that's how I got into radio. It was the next best thing. I was going to be a rock star. (laughs) I think we we all thought we were going to be a rock star to begin with and then (laughs) realised Is that true? I thought it was just (laughs) me. (laughs) Realised there's more jobs in the, you know, the technical and engineering aspect, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely very true. But you have played in various rock bands, so tell us a little bit about those. Yeah, so um, my first kind of proper extracurricular band was in high school. My friends and I formed a four-piece indie pop rock band, which later became a five-piece. I played guitar and we wrote all of our own songs. We even spent one school holiday at the singer's house recording an EP on this eight-channel disc-based recorder and, um, you know, it had like faders and and gain pots and everything and microphone inputs and and then it just burnt it all to a disc. <laughs> how the how the technology has changed since then. <laughs> yeah, hasn't it? <laughs> but that uh, was the beginning, I guess. Yeah, one of the beginning things. That was so I was I was a bit after tape, but before digital recording got Was it like a mini disc was it mini disc? It was an actual C D. It was like a boss mixer recorder type thing. So I'm sure we got it off eBay or from cash converters or something along with all our, our crappy little mic stands that were falling apart, but we made it work. <laughs> Did you uh, manage to get it anywhere, that EP? I think we burnt a few CDs and we uploaded it somewhere at the time, but, yeah, I don't think it particularly went anywhere. It was more about just doing it for the fun and that was really my first recording experience. So I think that was what first got me interested in the recording side of things Mm. Uh, yeah so after that band kind of fell apart and graduating high school I I also played in a rap rock band and a heavy prog rock band where I played both guitar and bass the prog rock band was called Tusk and it was heaps of fun you know we played quite a few gigs in Brisbane's Fortitude Valley where all our friends would turn up and headbang at the front of the mosh (laughs) Um, awesome so Tusk also saw me become the band's manager and sound engineer. I would record and mix our demos, organize practice sessions, book gigs, and get everyone to the venues on time and play guitar and bass. So it was uh, pretty full on. Yeah, legendary. That's like a man of many talents that you can sort of incorporate all of that. So, yeah, that stands you in good stead for having a good future career in, yeah. I guess, any aspect of the music industry. That's it. So how did what happened to Tusk then? Uh, We just kind of fell out in my last year of sound design at uni because, you know, I was doing all this managing and engineering and booking and playing and then my final year was just very full on. So I said to the guys, look, keen to keep this thing going but, you know, I don't have time to be organising everything so can someone please sort of take over the management role and no one was keen enough to do it. I got too busy and we just kind of fell apart, which was a shame but, you know, after a while my taste of music changed. So I wasn't really into making the heavy stuff anymore anyways. 
Were you living at home at the time? Yeah, I was living at home. So your mum would have been happy with that change of scene. You didn't yeah. want to make the heavy stuff anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, initially we would actually jam in the same granny flat that dad used to. Then we ended up moving to the north side to be closer to town. And, you know, then we had to go get rehearsal studio spaces, which cost a little bit, but meant we didn't have to destroy everyone's ears in the inner city suburbs of Brisbane. (laughs) Yeah. So you were saying that you've completed a diploma of sound production and a Bachelor of Fine Arts Sound Design. What was the inspiration for that? Uh, So straight after high school, I began a Bachelor of Music at QUT, but I only did one semester before dropping out as, you know, I just was not ready for more study after 12 years of schooling. The course itself was developed so that students could either become a performing musician or an audio engineer. And uh, I'd been more keen on the audio engineer path from the get-go, but felt the course wasn't for me as it wasn't broad enough and really only taught skills for music recording. And, you know, I remember on our first day there, they they sat us down and they said, 80% of you won't get a job. (laughs) So that was a bit disheartening. So I kind of... You know, I was still 17, so I, I finished the semester and then dropped out and took six months off, enjoyed my freedom and just started searching for other tertiary courses that might give me a broader skill set. And, uh, yeah, that's how I came across the, the sound production diploma. So started that the following year and I was quite naive and kind of thought, oh, it's all I need to get a great job. And uh, (laughs) after getting the diploma, no studios would hire me due to lack of experience and limited skills. Mm. But I managed to get my foot in the door at an audiovisual company, but the hours were pretty limited and I, I quickly learned that a TAFE course in the arts is fine to give you the basics, but a uni degree would be needed to get that more advanced industry knowledge. So, yeah, uh, so I went back to uni the following year to do the bachelor's degree in sound design. And at this point, I, I knew that I wanted to have a career in audio, but perhaps doing live gigs wasn't for me. I also loved movies and TV and thought the film TV industry would be easier to break into. Uh, was it easier than trying to break into music? Maybe, probably. Was it easy to break into film and TV? Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty hard industries yeah. to crack really, aren't they? But we got there. So, I mean, I'm still still breaking my way in, but, yeah, I've definitely made some waves since moving down to Melbourne. Yeah, so why, yeah, what was the move to Melbourne? Yeah, so after after finishing my sound design course in 2015, I just found it really difficult to find or even maintain consistent work in Brisbane. So I managed to get a pretty cool sound editor job on a kids' TV show for the ABC called Sally and Possum, uh, where I, I worked on four seasons, but that only led to about seven months of consistent work and, um, you know, doing other little odd jobs for creative agencies, but just found myself mostly doing corporate audiovisual work to make ends meet. And, you know, I did that for about six years in Brizzy, and although I learned a lot of, a lot of skills, it was pretty soul-crushing as I, I just had no passion for it. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I, knew I, I knew I had to move down to Melbourne for a proper chance at film TV work and it didn't hurt that my, my new girlfriend was living down there too, so she was the final oh. push I needed. <laughs> Yay, on the upside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Since moving there, what have you been doing in Melbourne work-wise with sound? So I've mostly been working as an assistant sound editor at a leading post-production studio in Port Melbourne 
And I'll tell you what, I thought I learned a lot about film sound in my three-year degree, but that was absolutely nothing compared to the first six months <laughs> at this studio. A real right. baptism of fire it was. Gotcha. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've, done, happened? <laughs> I've done, done everything from file management to sound recording and editing to making clients coffees, you know. <laughs> the most the most fun I've had was recording and editing all the beer sounds for an American comedy film. I literally <laughs> got the boss's credit card, went to the bottle shop, bought a bunch of different cans and so I was cracking beers on on the mic and doing slurps and sloshes and awesome. I, I, had to, I had to get some non-alcoholic beer because otherwise yeah, I, I, I didn't want to get too drunk while I was, while I was in the <laughs> middle of work. <laughs> Spilling that stuff all over the gear. <laughs> yeah, on the expensive microphone. <laughs> um, that sounds like fun. Yeah, and another time actually my, my boss and I, hired a boat to go out on the water to try and record some wet inflatable raft sounds for a shark horror film. So right. <laughs> we got the sounds in the end, but had a couple of funny hiccups along the way. On the way out, we had to be rescued after an engine failure. And whilst recording, I almost capsized the boat. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> well, I'm glad you didn't and you're here today. Yeah. But wow, who would have thought sound was such an adventure, yeah? Yeah. It was pretty exciting. So, yeah, I recall kind of holding the boom mic and we, we dropped a piece of foam into the water and, you know, not wanting to, to litter into the ocean, I my first instinct was to lean over and try and grab it and then all of a sudden oh, no. the boat just started tipping and I had to kind of centre my my grounding and uh, it, was a, it was a narrow miss of uh, <laughs> almost day. capsizing the boat. So, yeah, that was... <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Probably and the my, microphone. Yeah. I can imagine the microphone wasn't cheap. Yeah. So yeah, it all it all survived, and I'm pretty sure some we got some good sounds in the end. So so worth it. <laughs> Sounds like fun. So um, I mean, you've been in between Melbourne and Brisbane since because of the lockdowns. How did the whole COVID situation affect all of this? Yeah, that was pretty interesting because I mean, I first moved down in 2019, and you know, did like a fair bit of work, and then went home for Christmas that year and came back and then, you know, early 2020, it all went pear-shaped, didn't it? So, you know, I went from doing pretty hectic weeks, like 50-hour weeks as a contractor to um, not working for on and off for about seven months. Um, oh, that's and awful. So, you know, luckily government assistance kept us paying rent and bills and putting food on the table, but, you know, it was a long time to be out of touch and not work and to even be trapped in Melbourne and away from yeah. family, not even being able to fly home for a weekend when you're homesick. So it was oh. a pretty tough time, yeah. Yeah, devastating. That's when you started hassling me, wasn't it, Adam? Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Around about then. <laughs> well, because I was, I was stuck in Brisbane for an extra four or five weeks, wasn't I? So <laughs> Yeah. Well, it was funny. Um, we were chatting about how the lockdowns just follow you around. <laughs> yeah. But not this time because now we're in lockdown and you're in Melbourne, yeah. not in lockdown. Hopefully it'll stay that way for you guys and become that way for us ASAP. Yeah, that's it. But you've been on board with me editing quite a few audio books for a little bit of time now, doing an absolutely outstanding job, I might add. And I've certainly seen the improvement. Like the last one was just beautiful. I thought I couldn't have done it better myself. <laughs> what What do you like about the audio book editing process? I think it's great because I can just kind of put my head down and get the work done, meanwhile using all my 
dialogue editing skills, which I certainly developed over the lockdown. It's a great change of pace from the studio gig where I'm constantly bouncing between multiple projects and, you know, having people ask me to do a thousand little side missions. So um, yeah. it's, it's good in that aspect. And it's also just great hearing other people's unique stories and learning things from the more educational books. Yeah, definitely. That's one of my favourite aspects. Yeah, it's enlightening. And especially because we concentrate on the author's reading their own work, so they certainly know their subject. That's my favourite part as well. But we've got a fabulous new space in Melbourne with you for author narrators, so can you tell us about that? Yeah, of course. So the studio, it's in Coburg, Melbourne. Uh, It's called Audrey Studios, and it's a great space with two different size studios available for different recording needs. We'll be using the more cosy Studio B space, which has been designed for overdubbing vocals and recording audiobooks and podcasts. Conveniently, it's also within walking distance of my house and super accessible via public transport. Excellent. And what can people expect when they come in and record with you? I just hope to provide a friendly, stress-free recording environment where clients can relax and be comfortable enough to tell their story naturally. A bit of friendly banter in between takes can't hurt either. (laughs) Absolutely. So obviously you've got a very patient skill set because you can sit there and direct the author narrator and even if they have many hiccups, you'll be sitting there with a smiling face saying, you can do this, do it again. Um, But with your music experience, like can you add music? Can you write songs for maybe their audio books? Or clearly you can maybe even go out into the ocean and grab some (laughs) sound effects. (laughs) Do you reckon you'd be able to add that sort of dimension to their audiobooks, Adam? Yeah, for sure. That's something I'd, I'd love to bring to the table. You know, if anyone has any particularly n- nautically themed audiobooks, we can go out and get some water sounds. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so um, I've got my instruments at home. I've got a whole suite of virtual instruments, so I can literally set any instrument you can think of to my my electronic keyboard and, you know, I can play African drums and trumpets and violins and any of that kind of stuff. So if you wanted to kind of compose some sort of musical themes for your book, we could do that. In the past for a creative agency back in Brisbane, I did a little job where I I composed a bunch of short little musical themes for a project. And, you know, I did like 50s rock and roll, 70s funk, jungle, uh, you know, turn of the century. So any kind of interesting genres or themes I'd be keen to compose and sound effects too. Like we can we can do soundscapes and really bring your story to life through um, sound effects and atmospheres and, and music. So definitely something that is uh, doable in the future. Definitely the way to go because... I saw stats that audiobooks are outselling print copies four to one at the moment. Yeah, wow. And um, the more people I've recorded, I've done children's books with sound effects to bring them to life. One of the last ones I've recorded was called Kinseeker and I've put music underneath that that's just made it really set the, the mood and the tone for the story. It's been amazing. But you can actually play the instruments and write the music, so that's an even bigger bonus. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm super excited and I want to thank you personally for coming on board with me because I've started Brisbane Audiobook Production about five years ago and I just, I've had inquiries from people around the nation saying, oh, I wish you could be in our capital city. So I couldn't obviously be in all those places at once. But now I've opened Melbourne and I am delighted that you, Adam Shaw, are my main man in Melbourne. So thank you. 
No worries. Can't wait to uh, get yeah. our first client Yeah, where can in. people contact <laughs> us? They can uh, find us on www.melbourneaudiobookproduction.com. Fantastic. Well, this has been Ace having a chat with you. I've got to find out a little bit more about you. I didn't realise that your parents were such rockers, so I'll have to say to Patrice, yeah, I realised <laughs> you had that granny flat and you were jamming all those years. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. But it's been really great chatting with you today, Adam, and I'm looking forward to catching up again for another podcast really soon. Awesome. Fantastic. Thanks for having me. Cause Creative. Cause Creative. Your creation. With Simone Filer. The only way to do great work is to love what you do. Unleash your creativity and embrace the change. Cause Creative. Your inspiration. Your creativity. Your legacy. Cause Creative. Always discover your vision and the rest will follow. To be part of it, go to Brisbane Audiobook Production dot com